Chapter Ten of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Ten: The Army and Navy Club Interview. At eleven o'clock the following morning, Mr. James Barnes received the following note colonel trelawney cannot see mr barnes at hampstead but if he will be at the army and navy club at six thirty this evening he will endeavour to give him the interview he asks for short but to the point reflected mr barnes i thought i would make him sit up who's writing you from the war office barnes asked a fellow clerk who had handed him the letter and noticed the official stamp a private matter replied barnes with a superior air oh you needn't be so stuck on yourself anything to do with back pay well wilkins i wouldn't tell everybody replied barnes but it's a letter from the old man of my little bit of goods what colonel trelawney oh you know his name do you how these things leak out he's some swell i can tell you one of the oldest families in england and all that sort of thing i hear he's to be made general and that'll mean a baronetcy if not something bigger i've heard the trelawneys are big guns in their way but i'm told they've no dough to speak of the dough will be all right wilkins old man i'm not a bragging sort of chap but i can go as far as that is it all settled up then as good as settled do you mean to say that colonel trelawney has consented to your marrying his girl practically between you and me old man and this mustn't go any further this is a letter from the colonel inviting me to dine with him at the army and navy club to-night i expect we shall settle everything up then over a bottle of fizz likely story retorted the other you needn't believe me unless you like replied barnes but if you want to be convinced you can come with me to the door of the club you can't ask for a better proof than that can you wilkins was duly impressed he still had his doubts but as the envelope evidenced the fact that it came from the war office and as barnes spoke so confidently he concluded that there must be something in it i know i'm marrying a bit above me in a way admitted barnes but the colonel knows what's what i was up there to supper on sunday lots of swells there of course there was no chance to settle things then but he saw i wasn't the kind of chap to be sneezed at and he could see that his youngest girl was fair gone on me even yet wilkins was not quite convinced he was an open-eyed fellow and it did not seem at all right that a man of the barnes stamp would be received by colonel trelawney even although things were topsy-turvy and peggy was known to have been seen with him but before the day was out he had told 
several mutual friends what barnes had told him as that gentleman felt sure he would punctually at half-past six barnes appeared at the door of the army and navy club he was rather disturbed about the question of dress and was not sure whether he ought not to have appeared in what he called his war paint but there was not time after six at which hour his office closed for him to get to camden town and return by the time the colonel had mentioned so he had to make the best of his office attire and try to assure himself that he was as good as the best of em still he felt very uncomfortable as he stood at the club door never once in spite of his best endeavours had he been admitted within its portals it is true he had had a nodding acquaintance with men who were members there but they had always treated him very distantly and never spoke to him except on purely military matters that was why although he determined as he put it to stand no lip from any one he felt rather awed he therefore passed into the club and made his way to an official is colonel trelawney here he asked the man gave him a quick glance what name he asked barnes pulled out a card and gave it to him you give him back my man he said condescendingly the colonel's a friend of mine i have an appointment with him will you come this way he said to barnes a few minutes later barnes followed the man upstairs and presently found himself in what he took to be a private room where the colonel sat alone you said you wished to see me remarked the colonel as soon as the club servant had gone barnes was taken aback at the colonel's peremptory manner it might be that he was back in the army again and that he had to appear before his c o on account of some delinquency still he determined to carry out the plan of action on which he had decided my word colonel you do yourself very well here he remarked pleasantly this is a nice club and no mistake of course it's not as fine a building as the old national liberal where a man i know used to be a member still it's more classy the colonel did not speak he determined to give him no help whatever i've often heard of this place went on barnes although i was not long enough in the army to get elected a member but i've been told a great deal about it i heard one man say that you could get the best whisky in london here he can't refuse to order a drink after that he reflected and then we shall get on a friendly footing but the colonel ordered no whisky he stood in silence waiting for his visitor to state his business do you mind my sitting down persisted barnes i've had a fairly busy day and feel a bit leggy you wrote saying you wished to see me mr barnes was the colonel's response as i have another appointment shortly i shall be glad if you'll state your business at once 
barnes felt he was not getting on his programme was being destroyed at the outset and he felt at a loss what to say well colonel he stammered when i saw peg on monday night i i beg your pardon interrupted the colonel when you saw whom peg repeated barnes when i saw peg your daughter you know since when have i given you permission to call my daughter by a name only used by her family asked the colonel coldly come now colonel replied barnes that's coming it a bit too strong you know as well as i that we've been sweet on each other for months you invited me to come to your house on sunday night in a friendly way for a bit of supper and i came everything as i thought passed off all right and i quite thought that everything would be settled up between us but when peg told me you wouldn't have me at your house again in fact when she told me that you had put the kibosh on everything i felt that i could do no other than demand to have it out with you to have it out with me repeated the colonel yes to talk it over quietly as man to man i don't want any unpleasantness colonel but i tell you straight i'm not the kind of fellow who can take a thing like that lying down this is not an army matter this isn't and you can't come the high horse over me i don't understand your figures of speech mr barnes will you tell me exactly what you wish to say i've told you straight what i mean i'm sweet on peg and i'm not ashamed of it we've been going out together for some time and my people are ready to receive her as i said before i accepted your invitation to supper on sunday in a friendly spirit but i'm not going to stand being insulted being insulted yes insulted come off the roof and talk it out as man to man that's what i say you told peg that you wouldn't have me at the house again you told her that she must chuck me well i'm not going to stand being chucked see i've got my feelings and i'm prepared to marry her fair and square in a perfectly honourable way that's me let me understand said the colonel you wish to ask my consent to your being engaged to my daughter is that it well in a way it is replied barnes i shouldn't put it like that myself for peg and i have fixed it up between us personally i don't want any flim-flam but since you put it that way let it be so thank you replied the colonel but while i appreciate the honour of your proposal i cannot give my consent for a moment barnes was nonplussed he felt that somehow he was making no progress with the man who met all his overtures with cold cutting politeness at any rate i have a right to ask your reasons for saying that he blustered 
perhaps so mr barnes but i do not propose to give them please understand however that all intimacy all connections of whatever sort between you and any member of my family must cease look here cried barnes in a rage i've asked straight i have if you had some chaps to deal with seeing how sweet peg is on me there there might have been a different story to tell but i'm doing the honourable thing and i'm damned if pardon me mr barnes interrupted the colonel but this is a gentleman's club and if you don't moderate both your manner and your speech i shall be obliged to ring for a servant and have you shown out you mean to say that you meet me with a direct refusal then absolutely please understand that why how are you better than i am in which way is peg superior to me pardon me mr barnes i have claimed no superiority i simply state that i do not consent to your proposal the colonel's quiet tones helped barnes to control himself he was not so much in love with peggy that he did not see the true issues of the case if he married her without the colonel's consent he would gain very little advantage by the marriage he might boast as much as he liked but he would continue to be an outsider and he would never have such another chance to get a foothold into what he termed an aristocratic family look here colonel he cried eagerly i hope i understand a gentleman's feelings you've only been home a week and this has come upon you a bit sudden-like i'm in no such hurry as all that i'm willing to let the matter stand over for a bit say a year and if at the end of that time we are both of the same mind will you consent then there you can't say that isn't fair for a moment the colonel was tempted could he not settle the matter on these lines could he not insist on a two years probation during which time the two were not to meet or correspond in any way he felt sure that by the end of that time peggy would have gotten over her infatuation and the whole thing would die a natural death he was almost on the point of making such a suggestion when he gave barnes another look over no he could not in spite of the fellow's good looks and fine physique he was a vulgar ill-bred common bounder he could not temporize with him besides the colonel had throughout all the years of his responsible life held to the rule that delay and temporization were a sign of weakness it only meant the postponement of an evil day and was an unworthy method for a strong man let's get the thing settled and out of the way once and for all he had said again and again concerning awkward things which had cropped up in the pathway of his life indeed this had become a fixed principle of his life 
that was why although it might seem sound policy to play for time just now he could not do it it would not be honourable neither in two nor in twenty years could he see himself consenting to any kind of intimacy End of chapter 10